welcome to our 49th Amuna class in our wonderful studio, Yushalayim Kodesh, with our wonderful host, Rav Sholem Arashlita, and we're going to have an excellent translation and combination of collaboration with Rav Diane Elgrod. He has come special all the way from New York. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> he just got out of quarantine. Thank God. Made it here. Some people are saying hello over here. Thank God we have our live feeds on. And we want to thank again all of you in a big, big way for our wonderful Amuna Tour 2021. Continuing on now in our studio in Yushalayim. We're going to just say a big thanks and blessing to all our special guests. The experience kinder on Mazor will be rescheduled. Um, I'm not sure exactly when, but likely to be the end of November, beginning December. And we want to welcome back everyone to the Holy Land after a wonderful trip. So many inspired followers and moments together. And blessings to our Amuna staff. We're back in the studio. They should be successful getting these wonderful episodes out there in the best format of our live feed on YouTube and Facebook and all the different platforms in Breast of Israel, Breast of English, to the full healing of all elevations and pure soul of Gedalia's son, Yerachmod Daniel ben Gedalia. We dedicated our whole tour to him and we wish everyone else a full refuah the things they're going through so we shouldn't have to have these kind of dedications. But since we do, we give a full dedication to be rid of Corona and have a refuah Thank God we uh, know the good news that the Rav is out of, uh, of quarantine. Thank God. And we're able to do this class. It was rescheduled from our usual Sunday weekly class of 8.30 Israel time and 1.30 Eastern. So we'll be back there again at some point. I think the next time we have an Amuna class on schedule is going to be the Toronto Amuna class. We'll talk about it a bit more in the class. We're of Elgrod, but we have the opportunity to join you on the 14th of November exclusively for the Toronto community with the meetings. But the actual class is going to be a public class at 8. 30 again Israel time 1.30 Eastern time and I think that's also for Toronto time 1.30 live feed lecture as it says here on the flyer and we're going to invite you through the amunalive.com and YouTube Facebook live feed um, let's say ah oh, good week healthy winter and share Amuna global Amen Amen all right we want to again get a big thank you out there for all the Amuna exercises all the hard work everyone's doing online on our breslov.co.il, breslov.com website. We also have the new Wonders of Gratitude Garden of Amuna book and our campaign booklet. It's all been updated. You can go there and purchase these new wonderful books and booklets. Amuna Tour 2021. This was an unbelievable experience and we've got some feedback. Mr. Artist wrote, the key to blessing from Hashem as I see it personally daily, obedience, repentance, Thanksgiving and charity. Bless you, Rav. I have your books. Thank you so much. So that was to our recent tour. People are watching the online videos. We have a lot of them now up on our Breslov Israel account and Breslov English account. And they are edited. Some are not still, but they'll be coming soon. We have also the podcast opportunity as well with the audio. This is so helpful to my aching heart, someone wrote. Thank you. Amazing feedback. We also shared a new video from Nissim Black, one of Rav Shalom Morish's amazing Talmidim. It's one of his students. Nissim Black's new song and feature, you're making a difference in today's generation by honoring the true God. You are the light in this world that is making a difference, an example 
light, love for all of us. That's what they wrote on our platforms in response to sharing that video of Higher, the new song. Thank you for your kindness, love, inspiration for all of us to share mutually your hope. Continue higher and higher. And they put lots of fun image images or whatever you call them. Yeah, images. Yeah, Amuna music is needed, we wrote underneath. So what did Nissan Black respond himself? He wrote, you're so right, so needed. Okay, thank you, Hashem, for everything you give us. Someone else wrote under our recent um, clips of Rav Shalom Marish, to Darabah, our guests are such great energy. We don't have a guest this week, um, but especially this week, we do have the opportunity to focus on a little bit with Rav Dainel God, and soon, please God, the Rav will join us. So do hang in there to join Rav Shalom Marish. And now we want to hear from Dain Elgar. What do you have to say about this recent Amuna tour? Oh, okay, well, Aleph is an incredible organization and the Chabad Shlichim, they do holy work. I mean, what they've done, what the Rebbe has created is something unbelievable. The Lubavitcher Rebbe. Mamesh, we've got to say a great Shkoyach, Yeshar Koyach, to all the Chabad Shlichim. They do an incredible job. I also like to thank also, we met another wonderful organization, an organization called Chazak, yeah. another wonderful organization in New, in New York. They're doing yeah. a fundraiser as we speak. Everyone should go support, support. Chazak, one of our big friends. And uh, we always collaborate with them on our tours. We were three classes by Chazak. Three classes and them helping, taking, taking young boys and young girls, moving them into Jewish schools, into yeshivas, into seminaries. It's unbelievable. I'd like though to say something specific about Aleph. In a sense, many people sometimes find it difficult to identify with a person who is a prisoner because we think that we are free. If you think about it very carefully, all of us, in a sense, are prisoners. We are. We're prisoners to our negative desires. We're prisoners to our different thoughts. We're prisoners to all these things that we tend to do or think that we think that we can't control. In a sense, we're all prisoners and we all need a muna to release us from the chains that we're shackled in. And if you think about it, it will help you identify with what Aleph does, because what Aleph does is incredible. It takes prisoners who are in some of the darkest and worst places in the world. We can't even imagine the difficulties they're going through, especially in America, where a Jewish person who goes to jail is not with other Jews. He is alone and in places that can be also dangerous. And they help him, support them, give them emuna, give them love, give them family they give them sure. they, they they give them backing it's unbelievable unbelievable this is really what's called chesed shalemet true grace true mercy and it's amazing because i spoke to the rabbinite and our garden of amuna books is pretty much going out there with no profit it's not it's just covering the costs and it's not a money maker for us to help the prisoners and the people who are funding the the sponsorship to bring all those books so we do have to at least pay the shipping and and the basic costs of the book but basically it's the point of the involvement with our resources is to help the prisoners. That's what Rabbani is, wants us to continue to provide that service to the Aleph um, organization. And we want to just, while we're thanking, we want to thank all the hosts, that were, as, as hopefully if I miss any out, please forgive me. But we started off with um, the Safra Synagogue was a big event. And also in the Surfside Synagogue, the, uh, the Shul it's called, there in Bar Harbor. And Rabbi Lipska has also done tremendous work for as a Chabadnik who's reached out in big ways. And Rav Yosef Galimidi and Safra, who translated amazingly. 
the Rav and that Shira obviously is up. It's edited thanks to itoira.com. We thank them as well for hosting the class online. It went out apparently to thousands already. And we obviously thank the, the Lighthouse Torah Project for hosting us and sharing our content as well. And it was an amazing opportunity. We'll thank also, obviously, Gedalia Fenster, hosting us in his home and the shir we did in his house, including Breslov Center as well, which we did in their shul. And they hosted our meetings as well, as well as Gedalia in his office, in his work team. They also hosted us graciously in the conference center. Amazing part of the trip in Miami. And then we moved on to New York. And like we said, Chazak, and we did those shirim in Queens, the Queens community, and then the Five Towns community. And Rav Shalom Yana Weiss joined us in excellent speech spoke very well there and there's been already been a lot of people reaching out they want to get that letter from him and we're going to try to get that information that he gave over is very inspiring and we also had um Boch Hashem, a beautiful shabbos in monsi very uplifting and we thank the family hosting us again as part of the community there it's to do with shiners community but they don't really like their name to be said so we're just they know who they are and we give a big thank you and uh, to the Monty community there, and it was a beautiful Shabbos. And then we had the Thank You Hashem, a huge event, Baruch Hashem, with two Sefer Torah. We thank the Thank You Hashem organization, and then we had a climax here, which I wasn't able to attend. How did it go? It was amazing. Yeah, in Staten Island. Staten Island with Dr. Elias Gutzman. How was yeah, it? Oh, it was very nice. Lovely, lovely, lovely. It was a wonderful, wonderful ending yeah. to an incredible tour. Yeah, and we don't want to forget the Goldson family who hosted us beautifully in Five Towns as well. And that was also the, the people support Hazak were able to host us at dinner there as well. It was a beautiful in Queens. It was a beautiful tour overall. Just so a, much it kindness. It was a beautiful tour. It was a tour yeah. filled with love, filled with unity, yeah. filled with yearning for Torah and for Muna. It was something very unique. Something very unique. Yeah, and we thank all the past tours because they've made the Mapecha, all the original openings for us to be able to come and do this kind of tour. And we hope to follow up. We have a request from Los Angeles. No reason why we can't go visit there. There is definitely interest in the London and UK and Manchester. We'd love to go there as well. South Africa has been through a hard time, so we, we want to come. But we, we have to pray for the community there. It's, you know, it's been a challenging two years more. Some places have been hit harder than others. Like Australia only just came out of lockdown. So we shouldn't take for granted. I mean, I don't know if you saw no. in the news, but American Airlines cancelled thousands of flights. Really? So just Didn't after you know we came back. Yeah. Unbelievable. Thousands of flights have been cancelled. And we flew on American Airlines. We flew on American Airlines <laughs> there in America and continued on back from American Islands direct. I was meant to go to London, but I ended up being a direct flight back to the Holy Land. And thank God our flights weren't cancelled. There was no issue. I even heard on the loudspeaker when I was there in the airport how they were cancelling flights from other destinations. So thankfully we were, you know, there was a lot of miracles that went on on the trip. We didn't have any issues with the Corona challenge, thank God. We have to thank just you. really say a big thank you, Hashem, for the whole experience. And we want to follow up. You know, we have Baruch Hashem, our weekly Amuna class, and we want you to keep joining us. We hope Rav Oresh is going to join us in the studio. We'll do one more question while we wait. But I'd just like yeah. to say one more thing. Please. Another thing that I saw was a real big focus on this tour. This is, again, my feeling. Maybe, this, maybe, you, maybe you also felt this. I felt that what people were looking more than anything else is literally for that pure, simple, basic emuna. People are going through difficult times. Everyone is dealing with challenges, whether it's health challenges, whether it's financial challenges, and people just want to hear that Hashem is good and is taking care of them. That they know it, but knowing is not enough. They need to insert it into their hearts. And that's why the Rav was always speaking about, listen, yeah. it's good that you know it, but you've got to pray for it. It's not going to change anything. Pray for it and you'll see miracles. And I want to tell you something, there were so many people that did a follow-up 
They came to us after we were there on the tour two years ago and said to us, Rabbi, we did the advice that you told us and we saw miracles. It was unbelievable hearing those stories. These stories gave us such strength. It was incredible. Amazing. And that, that's something that Rav is giving us tools. I mean, the class he gave in the detox center, Rav Alkrad wasn't there, but Rav Gedalia, Gedalia Fenster was there and the host, the therap head therapist and the Rav himself. It was an amazing, amazing class. I just want to mention... We're going to push it one more time, the Toronto tour. The Toronto community has ability to sign up and get exclusive time. I'll take the second part here. Take the second part here, one yeah, second. This is just easier because bigger words here. So for people who have trouble reading online, uh, you know, either way, we put it on all our sites <laughs> and you have it there. I've just posted it on our Facebook Live and our WhatsApp groups and it will be on our YouTube community there. We can post. But the point is that Toronto want us to have an exclusive time for two days. Now is the time to sign up. Uh, Avra Alto is our main host there, has, is available to take your phone calls to arrange these private meetings and family consult with the Rav. And it's an opportunity to really get that direct contact. We hope uh, Rav Dinelga would join us for some of the time. Rav um, Avram Gisalosan will be joining us as our host on the actual class, in, as well as Rav Dinelga to translate with Rav Sholomorish. And we also have Ralph Cohen also be translating the meetings as well. Oh, by the way, he, we should yeah. give him congratulations. He had yes. a baby girl. Wow. As we were on the tour, wow. yeah, Ralph Cohen had a baby girl. So his congratulations. Very, and his father was there. He was reaping now because I think he's here even. Yeah, his father's here. He was okay. here on Shabbos. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so we have the opportunity to share some because we hope for future classes to bring wonderful people like Judah Michelle. We need to reschedule him. And we have a friend of mine, Levi Cohen, give him an opportunity. We have Mendy Weinreber Brothers. There's lots of potential classes we can do here. Bring back Nissan Black. Please, God, before he goes on his tour, maybe squeeze him in. We'll see. We have a lot of amazing friends of our, of our classes. And it's up to you guys to keep sharing Amuna Global. Get AmunaLive.com out there. Now, we're going to do one more question, and it connects into this flyer, because you can see Rav Orish is lighting the menorah in, I think this is in Uman. I don't know if we'll be there this year. But last year he was there, and it's a beautiful picture. The focus will be in the Toronto class is preparing us for Hanukkah. Yeah, it's going to be Hanukkah message, they, they called it. The Shalom Arash's Hanukkah message. So someone asks here, if everything is decided and sealed by the end of Hanukkah, how does someone change decrees through prayer of Todah after Hanukkah? And that's the idea of Zos Hanukkah. Okay, very beautiful question. First, let, let's, let's explain something about judgment and things that are considered to be permanent and set. As we know, there is the natural course the world follows. We do have judgment. We have judgment days. A Jew is judged for what he does and for what he didn't do. But we do have the power to change everything through prayer. Now, where do we learn this from? The Gemara in Tractate Brochus on page 10, first side, brings us a beautiful story. The Gemara there tells us that King Chizkiyahu was very, very sick. He was about to die. And the prophet, Yeshayahu, Isaiah, came to meet him. And Isaiah told him, listen, I'm really sorry to tell you, but I'm a prophet. I can see what's going to happen. And you're about to die. So make preparations. And do you know what King Chizkiyahu's answer to him was? He said to him, get out of my house. I have a whole tradition from my great-grandfather, King David, that even if a person has the sword on his neck, he should not despair from mercy. Why? Because Hashem can change everything 
whenever Hashem wants. So that means even though there is judgment, nevertheless, we can always change it through prayer. So Zot Chanukah is the end of judgment days, but you can still pray. You can still change, and that's why we constantly speak about prayer and Isboidus and being connected to the tzaddikim and to the righteous people and doing a lot of tzedakah and a lot of mitzvahs, because even if something has been decreed, Hashem, who decreed these things, can change them whenever He wants, just like that. Wow, beautiful. A nice little side point that Jay Lando wrote under our Breslev store.co.ir. We have there, I just checked out the Hanukkah stuff, the Hanukkah. What beautiful Hanukkah. My shopping is well on the way. <laughs> so more people buying menorahs and, and thank God, Dreidelach and all the different beautiful things for Hanukkah. Remember, we post this on all our platforms. You can check out the link there for our store, breslev.com. It has a store for all the different things, the Jew Jewish paraphernalia that's needed for our larger worldwide community. We can ship it there, no problem. Uh, let's see if there's anything else we can cover before the Rav walks in. Um, this is interesting. I was advised by Rav Orish to daven for a certain individual for Hashem to have mercy on them. The more I daven of this individual, the more dreams I have of this individual dying in my dreams. Can you ask Rabbi Orish what does he advise me to do next? And as we say that, I think the Rav is here. Which is a good thing about us because we're yearning. <laughs> now, this is a very good question now to ask the Rav. Yes, please. Shalukan that is also a good dream. That means that he's always dreaming that this person who is praying for, his dark side is dying. And that's what it means when he's dying in the dream. When you dream that someone dies, we interpret it that his dark side is dying, not the person himself. I had a dream when my daughter was really, really young. Well, I was dreaming that my young daughter, I dreamt that she died in the dream. And I interpreted it that it meant that her dark side died. And thank Hashem, she's been living for 40 years. So. <laughs> Till 120 years she's going to live. Thank you, Longevity Hashem. and health. Yeah. Dreams manifest in the way you interpret them. That's why you've always got to tell your dreams to someone who loves you. And that he knows how to interpret every single dream in a good way and a good positive manner. Hashem has always merited me to interpret dreams only in a positive and good way and only good things have happened. Okay, are you happy? 
והיה כל כך יפה, רק שבוע שעבר הצלחנו, עוד היינו בבידוד. לכן השבוע הזה, אני אומר את השם, כן נמצאים איתם. The Rav wants to know if we told you that we had such a wonderful tour in Miami, New York, and we were in quarantine just last week. So the answer is yes, we did speak about it. Kvod Rav, אנחנו דיברנו על זה, והודינו לכולם, ודיברנו, אמרנו שהרב, אנחנו יצאנו מהבידוד, יצאנו מהבידוד היום, ברוך השם. It was a wonderful, wonderful tour. I was sitting next to the Rav, the Rav is now referring to me, and I translated the Rabbi for all the people who came to have private meetings and receptions with the Rav. Now, I said to the Rabbi, I said it's such a pity that we did not record the people who came to speak with the Rabbi here. Why? There were such incredible words of Emunah of faith. People who actually live the books and literally live them. Truly the way people were telling us how the books changed their lives, how the books enlightened their lives. We truly thank Hashem for this whole Emunah tour that we merited to do. We love you, we miss you, and we miss you. The Rav says his, he wants to say some Divya Torah or there are questions to ask. Uh, we only have one question left actually. And uh, I, think the, well, I think we've pretty much dealt with everything. If peace is the key, why all the arguments in Gemara sometimes are with such strong language against each other? אם הרב המפתח זה השלום, אז למה תמיד בגמרא אנחנו רואים שיש כאלה מחלוקות ולפעמים גם לשונות קשים בגמרא? אה, זה הגמרא, מה עצמה אומרת? שאומנם, שבוודאי שהם היו, זה מה ש... עד הבא יש מצווה, יש כתוב, מצווה גדולה מאוד, 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 ממש ללמוד את התורה ולהבין טוב את התורה. וממש, וכל אחד ממש, היו ממש יושבים, מתווכחים, מתווכחים, אבל תמיד היו קוממים בשלום, כי זה לא מחלוקת. בסך הכל מבררים את הדעת, מחפשים לברר מה הדעת, מה הדעת הנכונה פה, מה הדבר הזה, זה לא מחלוקת. The Holy Gemara itself says that there is a great, great commandment to learn the words of the Torah intensely and in depth and to understand them perfectly. So what the Gemara says is that the sages were learning the Gemara and they were having arguments amongst themselves because mm, they wanted to understand the words of the Gemara, not because they were angry with each other. And the Gemara also says that when they were finished arguments, they loved each other because their whole goal was only to find out what is the true meaning of Hashem's words. Adama, 
על ההבנות שלו ועל השכל שלו ועל ה... לא. On the contrary, peace doesn't mean that a person is supposed to forego his own understanding, his own knowledge, his own intellect. No. זה לא שלום. That is not peace. כי הבן אדם יישאר בתוך הלב שלו עם צער. Why? Because then a person in his heart, there will be sorrow. שהוא חי לא לפי האמת. That he's living not according to his own truth. לא לפי האמת שלו. Not according to his own truth. לכן מה שלום שבאמת כל אומר את הדעה שלו. So that's why peace is when everyone actually says his opinion. ואז מגיעים ביחד להבנה. And then together one reaches a mutual understanding. And then there's peace. Oh. Oh. That, that is peace. That is also how as I explain the issue of domestic peace, tranquility and serenity. Every couple are really two opposites. To connect and to unite two opposites is not an easy thing. It's something above nature. That's why only, barely, only a couple that pray for their domestic peace and tranquility, only they will really have domestic peace, tranquility and serenity. Because to achieve that, one has to have a lot of prayers. I always tell about myself. Hashem graced me to write three books on Sholem Bais. And nevertheless, every day I davened for at least 20 minutes a day for myself to have domestic peace, tranquility and serenity. So people look at me and say, what, you have got to daven for Sholem Bais? I know excellently what Sholem Bais is. But to live it, to overcome all the difficulties that we have, for that you need a lot, a lot of prayers. That's why I davened every single day. Not that I was waiting not to have Sholem Bais, to have problems with my domestic peace and tranquility in order to daven. No. I had no problems. Because I davened every day for 20 minutes not to have problems. And that I won't ruin the situation. That I won't do things that you are forbidden to do. And more so and so much more so, someone who doesn't have domestic peace, tranquility and serenity, how many prayers does he have to daven in order to have this in his house? Last week I had a class on Sunday and someone came to me and he told me that he had such difficulties with his wife they were about to get divorced and then 
someone gave him the book, The Garden of Peace, and he said it changed his whole life. Not only does he have now domestic peace, tranquility, and serenity, but he has now heaven on earth. It's heaven. His house is a place of heaven. <laughs> Smile. Well, thank Hashem. With the grace of Hashem, we already started speaking about this whole issue of Sholem Bais, domestic peace, tranquility and serenity. One of the things that I say to all couples, that they have to pray to be good friends. A husband and wife need to be just like the time they were dating. While they were dating with such excitement every single time they met. And they felt like such good friends. All their lives they need to feel like such good friends. Every husband and every wife need to daven every single day for their domestic peace, tranquility and serenity. It will help you very much if you learn the books. We have a special book only for men. that no woman is allowed to learn and we have a special book only for women that no men are allowed to learn every single person has got to learn what his own duty is to do One of the realities that causes a lot of problems in marriage li- in married life is when each side blames the other for not doing what he is supposed to do. The man blames the woman for not doing her job and the woman blames the man for not doing his job. That's why the books are written in such a way where each one does his own thing and they don't care what the other one is supposed to do. Everyone is busy learning and praying for what his job and for what his duty is to do in the house. Oh. <laughs> Blessed be his name. It is heavenly supervision that I learned in the book Likutsi Alachot The Rabbi Natan says that of course there is a great issue and a great importance going to righteous people's holy resting places. And when you go to those righteous people's graves, 
You pray there. When you pray in such places, a person is blessed with miracles even though he does not deserve such miracles to happen to him. But certainly and certainly, writes Rabbi Nata that if there is a living tzaddik, a living righteous person, and you go to him, that is preferable than going to the resting places and graves of righteous people who have already passed away. Why? even though when you go to righteous people's graves they will influence incredible things for you but when you go to a living righteous person not only does he work miracles for you he also guides you he gives you a path to live and a path to follow which that is something preferable than righteous people who already passed away who cannot do that for you but Rabbi Natan explains that when we're talking about such a living righteous person, who are we referring to? We're talking about someone who is completely not connected to all the different lusts and desires that other people have. And Rabbi Natan writes, and due to the fact that finding such a living righteous person, person in our days and times is not common at all, that he will have such a great virtue, therefore one has to go to the grave sites and resting places of great righteous people who we know that did manage to achieve and attain such levels. So what does that mean? That if there is a living righteous person who does have those virtues, it's preferable to go to him, but just because we don't have it and it's not common, we go to grave sites. That is what we always teach. That a person's main work, his main aspect of emuna, of faith, is not necessarily believing in those righteous people that already passed away, because that's easy. He doesn't have the evil desires to dispute with them and to argue with them. So therefore, that is not the main difficulty, work and faith that a person is supposed to project and show. 
חכמים שהם חיים. The main aspect of אמונת חכמים, of believing in our sages and our righteous people, is believing in those who are alive. זה ודאי שזה, כי אדם רואה, הצדיק מה הוא, הוא אוכל כמוני, הוא שולט, הוא שותה, הוא שותה כמוני. Because when a person sees a living righteous person, he says to himself, wait a second, he eats just like I eat, he drinks just like I drink. So why should I cancel everything that I believe in? Why should I accept everything that he says to me? What's the difference between us? Here comes this work. That a person has to believe in the sages and the righteous people. And the main thing is to annul himself, to cancel his own personality and being to the righteous person who lives in his generation. Truly, I'd like to read to you a bit of what Rabbi says. Certainly, please don't think I'm coming to weaken people from going to the grave sites and resting places of righteous people. So this is Rabbi Natan explains about the great virtue of going to the resting places of the great righteous people because the righteous purple that righteous person he had the battle in his life and he managed to overcome that battle and he conquered and defeated all the negative and evil desires until he merited through his work and through his good actions and deeds to reveal the kingship the kingship of Hashem in the world And the righteous person has an interest for people to come to his grave sites and to pray there. Because a righteous person, he could be the greatest righteous person that ever lived. Once he passed away, his soul ascends to such a high place that he can't influence the way he used to to the people living on this earthly realm. So says Rabbi Natan, the greatest pleasure that this righteous person who passed away has when a person comes to his grave site, even though this person is the lowest person possible, and he prays on his grave, and he asks, he asks the righteous person to help him to do tshuva, to repent. אז הוא אומר לנתן, אז הצדיק, 
יוצא שהשבה, שהצדיק, מדי התעוררות שהזאת שהבן אדם הזה שבא להתפלל, כן? says Rabbi Nathan, so through this awakening that that person has when he comes to pray on the righteous person's grave, the righteous person descends from the higher realms that he is in, and he hears this person's prayers, this person on this realm, and he helps him and assists him. But now the righteous person can reascend. Because the fact that he had to descend to this person who came to his gravesite, that is, in a sense, going down the spiritual levels that he has attained. Because there's a law. You can't ascend, you can't go up before you go down. The purpose of descending is in order to reascend. And this righteous person, him hearing someone praying for his assistance, he has the power to mend and to assist him in everything that he needs. Why? because this righteous person even though he's deceased when he was living in this world he he fought so hardly with his evil desired desires and conquered the evil desires that this world has to offer and he had to go through agony and difficulty and hardship for Amisrael until that righteous person, he did tshuva, he repented for all of Amisrael through the generations. Like we found that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai said, that I can exempt the whole world from judgment. And if Yonatan ben Uziah was with me, I could exempt not the world not only from what happened previously, but also in the future I could exempt them from Until the end of all times, I could exempt them from the harsh judgment. Okay. But a person has got to do something. I'm trying to explain it. This is called itaruta deletata. You've got to wake yourself up from the bottom, from this earthly realm. Which means that if you don't come to the resting place of the holy righteous person and pray and ask him to help you, he won't be able to assist you because you have got to start this from these earthly realms in order for the righteous person from the heavenly realms to be able to assist you. 
That's why I've always said that when you come to the resting place of a big, big righteous person, instead of asking for a billion, a trillion dollars, what do people ask? You see people asking, this is great righteous person, give me five dollars. <laughs> That's ridiculous. When you come to the resting place of such a great righteous person and you ask him to help you for repenting, you ask him and tell him all the difficulties you've gone through your life and ask him to assist you, that is receiving a trillion dollars. Why? Because certainly when he merits to repent, <laughs> certainly receive all the five dollars that he wanted and much more <laughs> he wants to find his soulmate he'll find his soulmate a good livelihood to have a good livelihood he wants to be healthy he'll be healthy because <laughs> everything is dependent on tshuva on repentance <laughs> When a person merits to do tshuva, to repent, he's, he now merited the greatest thing possible because the righteous person, he has a great spiritual pleasure when people come to him and ask his assistance to repent. <laughs> Baba Sali of blessed memory, his son-in-law, Rabbi David Yehudayof He was a son-in-law of the Baba <laughs> He still is son-in-law, he's just, he's now in the heavenly realms. He used to say about his father-in-law, many people used to come to his father-in-law, stand in line and ask him to help them. But what did they used to ask? They used to ask for a good livelihood, they used to ask for health, they used to ask for finding their soulmate. Okay, the righteous person is very merciful, you ask, and he'll assist you. But, Rav David Yudayev said that the righteous person, he is grieved and sorrowed by these requests. Because people don't come to ask from him to find and seek Hashem. If someone came to him and said to him, Baba Sali, please, how am I going to repent? How am I going to do tshuva? Help me do tshuva. Help me overcome my dark side. Oh, that is a pleasure for the tzaddik. <laughs> it's the same thing with the righteous person who is in the heavenly realms and is already passed away and you come to his grave site okay you ask whatever you ask okay 
But here Rabbi Nathan explains that when a person comes and explains to this righteous person his spiritual situation and condition and he tries to awaken the mercy of the righteous person that he should have mercy on him and see what grave sorrow he is for his situation. That he is so sorry for his spiritual situation and condition. <laughs> that is the true and greatest pleasure that the tzaddik, the righteous person has. Because the righteous person wants to reveal the kingship and Hashem's faith all through his life. And this is what Rabbi Natan writes about our three forefathers. Because they revealed Hashem's kingship and regime through the world. That is the work of all the righteous people throughout the generations. That everyone should know Hashem. That everyone should come closer to Hashem. That everyone should listen to Hashem. That everyone should cancel themselves to Hashem. That is the essence, that's the purpose. And when you repent, the result is all things, all good things are going to happen to you. You're only going to have good things. You have faith, you'll be happy. So first of all, when a person reaches and obtains faith in Amuna, he's not lacking anything. Certainly the most important thing is for us to see how to instill within people wills and desires for people to do tshuva and to repent. Amen. Amen. Wow, what an Amuna class today. We had the opportunity, the Garden of Blessings is what we're going to call the class. I want to thank you again for joining us in our 49th class. We have a special uh, opportunity to speak directly with Dinagod about the Amuna tour. And then we had the merit to host Ravorish. And once again, the Rav gave a big thank you to everybody. We'll see you with the Toronto Amuna tour coming soon. Remember to sign up, Toronto community, but you can all join us live. And the Lifey thanks to them hosting us together with you on our Sunday Amuna class, 8.30, 1.30 Eastern. You join us, amunalive.com. Share this, make this global. Thank again, the Rav, for joining us. Rav Dain Elgar, Rav Shalom Orish. Shalita should be healthy and well for many, many, many years to come and make many of these Amunators together and all your communities should be able to host us with abundance and blessings. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.
Hashem. Going live. One, two, three, go. Welcome to our 49th Amuna class in our wonderful studio, Yushalayim Kodesh, with our wonderful host, Rav Sholem Arashlita. And we're going to have an excellent translation and combination of collaboration with Rav Dian Elgrod. He has come special all the way from New York. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> he just got out of quarantine. Thank God. Made it here. Some people saying hello over here. Thank God we have our live feeds on. And we want to thank again all of you in a big, big way for our wonderful Amunator 2021. Continuing on now in our studio in Yushalayim. We're going to just say a big thanks to, and blessing to all our special guests. The experience kind Leron Mazor will be rescheduled um i'm not sure exactly when but likely to be the end of november or beginning of december and we want to welcome back everyone to the holy land after a wonderful trip so many inspired followers and moments together and blessings to our amuna staff we're back in the studio they should be successful getting these wonderful episodes out there in the best format of our live feed on youtube and facebook and all the different platforms in breast of israel breast of english to the full healing of all elevations and pure soul of Gedalia's son, Yerachmo Danil ben Gedalia. We dedicated our whole tour to him and we wish everyone else a full refuah shlema, the things they're going through, so we shouldn't have to have these kind of dedications. But since we do, we give a full dedication to be rid of corona and have a refuah shlema. Thank God we uh, know the good news that the rabbi's out of, uh, of quarantine, thank God, and we're able to do this class. It was rescheduled from our usual Sunday weekly class of 8.30 Israel time and 1.30 Eastern. So we'll be back there again at some point. I think the next time we have an Amuna class on schedule is going to be the Toronto Amuna class. We'll talk about it a bit more in the class. We're of Elgrod, but we have the opportunity to join you on the 14th of November exclusively for the Toronto community with the meetings. But the actual class is going to be a public class at 8. 30 again israel time 1 30 eastern time and i think that's also for toronto time 1 30 live feed lecture as it says here on the flyer and we're going to invite you through the amunalive.com and youtube facebook live feed um let's say ah oh, good week healthy winter and share amuna global amen amen all right we want to again get a big thank you out there for all the amuna exercises all the hard work everyone's doing online on our breslov.co.il, breslov.com website. We also have the new Wonders of Gratitude Garden of Amuna book and our campaign booklet. It's all been updated. You can go there and purchase these new wonderful books and booklets. Amuna Tour 2021. This was an unbelievable experience and we've got some feedback. Mr. Artist wrote, the key to blessing from Hashem as I see it personally daily Obedience, repentance, thanksgiving, and charity. Bless you, Rav. I have your books. Thank you so much. So that was to our recent tour. People are watching the online videos. We have a lot of them now up on our Breslov Israel account and Breslov English account. And they are edited. Some are not still, but they'll be coming soon. We have also the podcast opportunity as well with the audio. This is so helpful to my aching heart, someone wrote. Thank you. Amazing feedback. We also shared a new video from Nissim Black, one of Rav Shalom Arash's amazing Talmidim, his, one of his students. Nissim Black's new song and feature, you're making a difference in today's generation by honoring the true God. 
You are the light in this world that is making a difference, an example, light, love for all of us. That's what they wrote on our platforms in response to sharing that video of Higher, the new song. Thank you for your kindness, love, inspiration for all of us to share mutually your hope. Continue higher and higher. And they put lots of fun images or whatever you call them. Yeah, images. Yeah, Amuna music is needed, we wrote underneath. So what did Nissen Black respond himself? He wrote, you're so right, so needed. Okay, thank you, Hashem, for everything you give us. Someone else wrote under our recent um, clips of Rav Sholem Arish. To Darabar, our guests are such great energy. We don't have a guest this week, um, but especially this week, we do have the opportunity to focus on a little bit with Rav Dainel God, and soon, please God, the Rav will join us. So do hang in there to join Rav Sholem Arish. And now we want to hear from Dainel God. What do you have to say about this recent Amuna tour? Oh, okay, well... It was an auspicious tour. It was unbelievable. And I think that what we did there is going to resonate for a very long time. I mean, this was my feeling. Share with me if you agree with me, Elie I agree. I felt that the American and the, the American the American public was so yearning to hear the Rov's words, the words of Emunah, of strengthening, of healing, and of, 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 of Avat Israel. You could really feel the love. You could feel the thirst, and it was unbelievable. It, it, we, I felt that we really made a difference. Amazing. And as a ma- manager of the tour, I want to give a big public thank you to Rav Dian Elgood for joining us. He wasn't there with us in Miami, and we somehow, with Rav Dovin Moshe, the son of the Rav, and myself managed to translate some of the sh- classes. But thankfully, we had some good translators there as well. We also Galimidi, and we also have... Uh, of Eliezer Wolf, who came in last minute. It was amazing translations, but honestly, the best for me personally was in New York. And uh, not that we're comparing, but it was just a, just fits because you're a student of the Rav, as well as a part of our community at Diane, as well as a larger community. And we appreciate it so much. You came out, took, just had a simcha, you're busy with your with your community and your Dionys and all the amazing uh, projects of the Kolau, and you were able to make time for our Munator. So we don't take it for granted, and it was amazing four or five days. I think five days ended up being and very special. What would you say were some of the highlights, Rav? Uh, some of the highlights. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, first of all, I'd like to say thank you very, very much to our hosts in Monsi. I'm, I'm not going to mention their names because they don't yeah. want their names to be mentioned, but they know who we're talking about. Yes. Thank you very much. It was an unbelievable hospitality, and may Hashem always bless you to be able to give others such wonderful hospitality. Amazing. What were the highlights? Well, first of all, we had incredible shiurim. I think a on Motza Shabbos with thank you, Hashem, was incredible. We had shiurim in Staten Island, in five towns. All the shiurim, I think, were special and unique. The meetings also. One of the things that caught me, there were so many non-Jewish people sure. who flew in specially Something else. to meet with the Rav. I mean, this was unbelievable. People were sitting there next to the Rav and they were crying and they were so excited and they felt as if something unique and special is happening to them. It was to see this was heart moving. I mean, this was really, really special. For me, this was very exciting. Well, Rav, I totally agree. And I want to ask, um, being around the Rav, I've mentioned it in my Amuna class, I have my weekly Monday class at 3.30 here in the studio. This week it was in my home, but please go next week back in the studio. And I mentioned a lot about behind the scenes, seeing the Rav 
not just in the meetings, that's also incredibly special. Obviously, the information is private, but the after experience, you know, at the suitors or traveling or on the plane or the, the different moments that we have time, special time with the rub. You know, could, if you could give us a little bit of your personal insight. Uh, personal insight. Yeah. I think that one of the most unique things about my teacher, my mentor, our teacher and mentor, Rev. Auschlita, is that he is... Sorry about the, that. The, the definition in Hebrew would be an ish emes, a man of truth. And what does that mean? A lot of us, we tend to behave in different manners compared and in comparison to the situation that we're put in. We behave differently at home, we behave differently when we're with people. If people see us, if people don't see us, one of the most unique things about the rabbi is it's irrelevant where he is. He is a man of truth, he lives his truth. Seeing him daven in America, daven in a small shul, daven in a big shul, is exactly the same thing as seeing him daven here in Yisrael. Seeing him at the meals is the same holiness the same inspiration like you see here in Eretz Yisrael. It's exactly the same thing. And not only that, if you noticed every single spare moment that Rob had, what was he doing? He was either doing his boidedus, or davening, or he was either with his books. It's like no difference. It was something unique. It was really seeing a holy, special, pious man. And it was a, a special experience. Yeah, watching him doing his boidedus in the gardens there by Monty was something else. Or even back in Miami, we'll give a big thank you to Gedalia Fenster's family and Gedalia himself for hosting us in his home. It was a beautiful home on the bay. You know, I, I showed the Rav a little bit of pictures, but being there in person and seeing the Rav with his hands in the air and the whole experience of his spot, it's in the middle of the night, like two, three in the morning, and his son, I was only up because of jet lag, but the Rav was up because that was his preparation for the day. And it allowed us to do even more in the day because I noticed in New York where we didn't have time so much at night because we're now more in the American schedule and we were finishing at two in the morning, three in the morning with the travel time of getting back from five towns and Staten Island and all the different locations. Whereas in Miami, everything was more local. So I noticed that he was very strong about doing this, Bodidus, no matter what. Could the Rav talk about that a little bit? So that we can, like our campaigns, everything yeah. we're doing here. First of all, I, I, I must I must now confess, this is one of my sins. Many times when I go to do his bodhidus with the rabbi, I tend to follow him. I hope he doesn't notice. And I, 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 I eavesdrop to hear what does the rabbi say? How does the rabbi daven? So doing his bodhidus with him while he was in America was unbelievable. First of all, they have their wonderful gardens in Monsey. I mean, everyone at their back garden has a beautiful forest. You don't have to go out to the forest. Hitbodidus allows a person to concentrate. You're focusing and beginning your day with speaking to Hashem, davening for what you need, thanking Hashem for everything you've had, and being able to have an acute, sharp, focused mind. So it's a wonderful gift that the Rob is always speaking about, and I saw this personally. When you have a good Hitbodidus, we had a really, really good day. Everything went smoothly. Everything went easily. When the Hispojidus was a bit more difficult because we were too tired, because we got back too late, you could feel that it had an effect during the day. Didn't you feel the same way? Yes, I really did. So you can feel it's a spiritual attuning to the day. <laughs> and it was unbelievable. The Rob was speaking so much about Avas Yisrael, about loving each other and loving each other with great devotion. It was phenomenal to see how people were actually touched by that message because 
in many ways, I think that because of the difficult times that we've been through, these have been two difficult years with COVID-19, with all the financial difficulties that people had, with distance between families, people not meeting each other. I even think even you, Rebel Yor, went through an experience, an experience you were supposed to meet your yeah, family and because of COVID-19, you couldn't meet them. Yeah, I was supposed to go to London and uh, unfortunately uh, they had Corona there. So the whole event was cancelled. It was my father's 80th, my mother. We should dedicate this year to her, Rafur Shlema, Hanaliba Bas Simcha, and also Tilarifka Bas Masha. Yeah, it was very difficult. And congratulations know. to your father. Yeah, so happy birthday. And happy birthday. <laughs> but it wasn't so happy, unfortunately. And uh, the Corona is definitely one of the, the only ways I've personally been able to deal with this whole Corona challenge other than be around such holy people like yourself and the Rav and having all the inspiration with Rav Shalom Morish and all the Shirim and the Muna classes we do here, that in self gives me a lot of inspiration. But the concept of united souls, that we are together no matter what. So physically, I wasn't with them. But on a spiritual level, there's always that connection as the Jewish people, as the world. We're always connected. And that's what's so beautiful about the love of all people devotion can, with devo devotion campaign that we're tuning into that united souls experience. So we're all really unified as a soul, as one soul, as one as one neshama. So did did the, I mean, for me personally, I saw that alive by Rav Oresh and how much he was pushing the campaign with every single class and making sure that we understand that relationship with Hashem. And we're still trying to get the translation exactly what he said, those three statements, if we could go over that again. Yes. Emuna is that Hashem always loves you and you will always have only good things happen to you. Amen. It was it was phenomenal because you could see people were really connecting to the message, connecting to the message that they have to tune into Hashem. With all the difficulties, they have to turn to Hashem, and Hashem is always helping them and always doing good things for them. Connecting to the message of Avat Israel, knowing that we are always united, and it makes no difference if we are distant. I once saw a beautiful sentence written by the Geri Rebbe, May Hakadosh Baruch give him a long and healthy life. And the Geri Rebbe wrote in the letter to his Hasidim, he wrote to them, even though our bodies, our part, our hearts are united. I think that's a beautiful sentence. And yeah, the Rav said, Ishechad Levachad. One man, one heart. And, and people really felt it. Because, especially with Corona happening, people have become distant from each other. We don't meet each other as we used to. People don't always get to daven in shuls or yes. go to community events. And we thought it was over. <laughs> we thought it was over, yeah. but... This looks like there's going to be something that we're going to have to live with. I mean, <laughs> this is Hashem's way of cleansing the world, and we have to accept it with gratitude and with love. And I really think the Rav's messages, people came out of the events stronger, stronger with their emuna, stronger with their fellowship and friendship to other people, stronger with belief in themselves, and stronger also with optimistic thoughts, knowing that things are good and things are going to get better, which is what people mostly need in these times. Yeah, that in basic encouragement is the key to the deepest connection. We didn't go live for some reason, which I'm still uh, trying to figure out. I think what happened was this has become a recording, which we're going to then stream after the fact which is fine by us. I mean, as long as you guys, whoever's joined us online is just going to wait around or I've already posted on the YouTube, this will be going live shortly and the Rav will be walking in hopefully any moment. We have to give him a few minutes just to, you know, breathe and everything. Maybe we'll just go through one or two of your questions just so that we uh, are covering some ground. 
Well, you, maybe we'll do one of the longer ones because then we can just, with the rub, do the shorter ones. There's one big long one here. So I'm going to read it out. Hi, Ellie Goldsmith. Heard about your tours, that they're, going, uh, that they're going really good. I had a question for the next interview with the Rav. My question is on Hispodidus. I had a conflict, and this is what came to mind. Some people are told to go to a therapist with interpersonal conflicts, i.e. where they blow steam. You know, if one goes to a non-Jew and says, over the convent another about another year out of hand, it will be lost and horror at times. Maybe even a Chilo Hashem, if said inappropriately. My question is, God is right there in the conflict. And when the Yid speaks over to the therapist, does there appear to be anything wrong with being open with God? We see in Barashas there was an interpersonal conflict with Adam and Rishon, his wife, Chava, and the snake. Which is funny, I actually mentioned this, the Rabbi Sachs, the Rabbi Lord Sachs, he was, um, his yacht site was just the previous week, first yacht site. First yacht site. And he says the whole Torah, we're in Barashas now, we've already, all already went through Lech Lecha, the Pasha Amavina, so I mean, and now we're already in Toldus. And one of the points we here already see in this question of Adam and Chava, the interpersonal relationships is really the beginning of the Torah because it shows you how important it is, the love of another person. That's how it begins the Torah, with the interactions between Adam and Chava and Avos and the Imahos, our forefathers and foremothers. It's amazing to see that this is such a big part of the Torah from, from the get-go. Anyway, so the question here is a spotted us. Um, we see in Bereshit there was an interpersonal conflict with Adam Arish and his wife Chava and the snake. Each character pretty much pointing their fingers at the others. And Hashem punished them for their speech. Where was the problem that went wrong? There's a woman, Sadekas, that out of braces, don't blame, don't complain. This is now a quote from a Rebison. She got them out there. It appears to prevent Loshan Hora. It appears the serpent was involved in this episode in Bereshit as a lesson of dialogue of Loshan Hora. Rashi said Adam Arish is Kofitov. He was lacking gratitude. What's the tone of Hispodidus? One of being happy and grateful? Should one start Hispodidus less beginning giving thanks to Hashem? What do we learn with a dialogue with Hashem from here, how to have a session of Hispodidus correctly? This is from a guy called, also called Eli. First of all, a very good question. And as the Rob would say in Hebrew, you're firm it on. So, <laughs> one of the most important things that a person should know before he even starts asking all these questions about what is the correct way to do things is the question that HaKadosh Baruch Hu asked Adam Arishon in Pashas Bereshis, Ayeka, where are you? Now, Rabbi Arush always explains this, that this is a question to a person on the spiritual level. What is your level? Which means if you're now feeling that you're not too grateful, if you're now feeling upset and you want to blow off steam and that's what you want to do in your Esbodos, that's your level at the time being, wonderful, as long as you speak to Hashem. So blow off steam, you can ask, you can cry, you can speak to Hashem about whatever you want. If this is where you're standing at, it's perfect for you. Now, if you're asking about the ideal way of doing Esbodos, the ideal way, that is something different, but you have to think about it. Are you at that level? Is it suitable for you? So if we're speaking about the ideal way, the ideal way would be to open with thanks, to thank Hashem for all the good things that have happened to you, then to do a cheshbon nefesh, which is a soul searching, which you take your last ispoidus 24 hours ago and take all those 24 hours, what have you done and what do you need to do tshuva for? Did you daven properly? Did you treat your wife or children or your fellow friends in the appropriate and according way? And you go through the whole process of the 24 hours, you mm -hmm. repent, you search your soul, and you try to accept upon yourself not to do it again. Then you have some time to pray for things that are important for you. There are many things. I mean, there's so many things to pray for. Health, to pray for a good livelihood, to pray for your children, to pray for your spouse, to pray for all these other things. 
And after you finish that, you end your Hisbodidus again with saying thank you to Hashem. Hashem, thank you very much for allowing me to speak to you, to speak before the king, to have a private meeting with you. I mean, if you wanted to meet with Joe Biden, do you know how long it would take you to meet him? I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you'd ever get to meet him. You've got to call the White House. Here you get to speak to the king of the world freely. And that way, that is more or less how the hour is built. Now, regarding the question of what we learn from the book of Bereshus, and you said something fascinating from, from, Rabbi, from, Sachs. from Rabbi Sachs of mm. blessed memory. And uh, by the way, we're both Londoners, so for us, Rabbi Sachs is, a, is an important figure. He's our chief rabbi. Was a, yeah. <laughs> Rabbi, and the, what Rabbi Sachs said about the interpersonal relationship, this, well, the Torah is not a storybook. The Torah is teaching us how to behave and not only what to do, but what not to do. And we can see that even special, unique, holy people with their interpersonal relationship, they have challenges, they have difficulties. And this is coming to teach us that we need to avoid these things. And the best way to avoid it, if not the only way, is to pray to Hashem. Because when the conflict actually occurs, if you haven't prepared before, I'm not so sure if you'll be able to deal with it. <laughs> You've got to be well prepared, gather lots of prayers and ask Hashem to help you to be able to treat that interpersonal conflict or challenge in an appropriate way. Well, so one of the things that came up, which is a little bit controversial, but we mentioned it in the previous uh, Muna class we had in the studio about the podcast that will remain nameless. But interestingly, one of the uh, very important people involved with the podcast who we'd love to get in contact with directly, and interestingly, um, I, I am trying to do that currently. Um, not that he's on the phone now, but I'm, I'm hoping that we'll have that direct conversation because we do want to represent the Rav directly with those people. But until then, I did notice that he appeared on a very big platform for Chabad, and it was a, an amazing opportunity to give a lot of encouragement to the power of reaching out. And one of the things that we are reaching out on, and we're going to get more information on this soon, but not that I knew much about it. A little bit, I remember by Rabbi Blazer Brody when he was here, and he used to talk about the prisoners, how they received the books of God and of Amunah from us. But one of the powerful aspects that we've been doing for years of outreach without us being, um, in terms of the staff here, so proactive about promoting it is Aleph. Aleph is an amazing organization, which amazing, amazing. Yeah. Organization. So Daniel Ahavi was in Miami and came to meet with us. And he is someone who's going to help us hopefully promote them more on our platforms, the Aleph Institute and all the amazing things that Aleph is doing for the prisoners in America, throughout America, all the states of America, as far as I've heard. And there's thousands and thousands of Garden of Amuna books, Garden of Gratitude books, all going out to the prisoners. And it's been going on for many, many years. Unbelievable. And that's obviously in collaboration with the organization of Chabad, who are the Chabad Shliach, who's involved with Aleph, is obviously a big part of that. So one of the beautiful things, when we see how we're mutually connected to these larger organizations and we're doing tremendous uh, effects, especially from Rav Shalom Morish's books, are impacting people directly in a positive way, in a way that enhances their relationship with Hashem, their relationship, as we just mentioned before, with gratitude and espodidus, and the ideas of Shalom Bias, peace in the home, and all the beautiful things we're going to talk about with Laurent Mazur, about Garden of Riches. This class itself is called Garden of Abundance, because one of the things that when you go to 
New York and Miami or Miami, New York, you go to these places and please God, in another week or so, we're going to be in Toronto online a week and a half, I think, from now. So it's an amazing opportunity to connect with the people. There's a lot of abundance, much more than we realize. And I don't just mean from the partnership, because that's also a big thank you. Munalive.com is a place where they can partner. But there's the abundance of chef, of connection, of love, of really wanting to build together a better world and that that really has inspired us when we meet say for example that aleph organization and we see the people who are pushing it as well on the chabad uh Kenis, and making a big effort to encourage people to partner and be involved in the people who are responding as this famous rabbi called it first responders the ones who are really reaching out on the first you know level of of outreach and it, uh, chabad are definitely big leaders in that Aleph is an incredible organization, and the Chabad Shlichim, they do holy work. I mean, what they've done, what the Rebbe has created is something unbelievable, the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Mamash, we've got to say a great Shkoyach, Yeshar Koyach, to all the Chabad Shlichim, they do an incredible job. I also like to thank also, we met another wonderful organization, an organization called Chazak. Yep. Another wonderful organization in New, York. in New York. They're doing a fundraiser as we speak. Everyone should go support Kazak, the one of our big friends. And uh, we always collaborate with them in our tours. We were three classes by Kazak. Three classes and them helping, taking taking young boys and young girls, moving them into Jewish schools, into yeshivas, mm -hmm. into seminaries. It's unbelievable. I'd like though to say something specific about Aleph. In a sense, many people sometimes find it difficult to identify with a person who is a prisoner because we think that we are free. If you think about it very carefully, all of us in a sense are prisoners. We are. We're prisoners to our negative desires. We're prisoners to our different thoughts. We're prisoners to all these things that we tend to do or think that we think that we can't control. In a sense, we're all prisoners and we all need a muna to release us from the chains that we're shackled in. And if you think about it, it will help you identify with what Aleph does, because what Aleph does is incredible. It takes prisoners who are in some of the darkest and worst places in the world. We can't even imagine the difficulties they're going through, especially in America, where a Jewish person who goes to jail is not with other Jews. He is alone and in places that can be also dangerous. And they help them, support them, give them immuna, give them love, give them family. They give them, sure. they, they, they give them backing. Unbelievable, unbelievable. This is really what's called chesed shelemet, true grace, true mercy. And it's amazing because I spoke to the rabbinite and our Garden of Amuna books is pretty much going out there with no profit. It's not, it's just covering the costs and it's not a money maker for us to help the prisoners and the people who are funding the, the sponsorship to bring all those books. We do have to at least pay the shipping and, and the basic costs of the book. But basically it's the point of the involvement with our resources is to help the prisoners. That's what the Rabbani is wants us to continue to provide that service to the Aleph um, organization. And we want to just, while we're thanking, we want to thank all the hosts that were, as, as hopefully if I miss any out, please forgive me. But we started off with um, the Safra Synagogue was a big event. And also in the Surfside Synagogue, the uh, the Shul it's called there in Bar Harbor. And Rabbi Lipska has also done tremendous work for as a Chabadnik who's reached out in big ways, and Rav Yosef Galamidi and Safra, who translated amazingly 
the Rav and that Shira obviously is up. It's edited thanks to itoira.com. We thank them as well for hosting the class online. It went out apparently to thousands already. And we obviously thank the, the Lighthouse Torah Project for hosting us and sharing our content as well. And it was an amazing opportunity. We'll thank also obviously Gedalia Fenster hosting us in his home and the Shia we did in his house, including Bresov Center as well, which we did in their shul. And they hosted our meetings as well, as well as Gedalia in his office, in his work team that also hosted us graciously in the conference center. Amazing part of the trip in Miami. And then we moved on to New York. And like we said, Chazak, and we did those Shirim in Queens, the Queens community, and then the Five Towns community and Rav Shalom Yana Weiss joined us in excellent speech, spoke very well there. And there's been already been a lot of people reaching out they want to get that letter from him and we're going to try to get that information that he gave over is very inspiring and we also had um a beautiful shabbos in monsi very uplifting and we thank the family hosting us again as part of the community there it's to do with shiners community but they don't really like their name to be said so we're just they know who they are and we give a big thank you and uh to the monty community there and it was a beautiful shabbos and then we had the thank you hashem a huge event Baruch hashem with two separate we thank the thank you hashem organization and then we had a climax here which i wasn't able to attend how did it go it was amazing yeah in staten island with dr elias a goodman how was yeah, it by here it's very nice amazing Lovely, lovely, lovely. It was a wonderful, wonderful ending yeah. to an incredible tour. Yeah, and we don't want to forget the Goldson family who hosted us beautifully in Five Towns as well. And that was also the, the people who support Hazak were able to host us at dinner there as well. It was a beautiful in Queens. It was a beautiful tour overall, just so a, much it kindness. It was a tour yeah. filled with love, filled with unity, yeah. filled with yearning for Torah and for Muna. Something very unique, something very unique. Yeah, and we thank all the past tours because they've made the Mapecha, all the original openings for us to be able to come and do this kind of tour. And we hope to follow up. We have a request from Los Angeles. No reason why we can't go visit there. There is definitely interest in the London and UK and Manchester. We'd love to go there as well. South Africa has been through a hard time, so we, we want to come. But we, we have to pray for the community there. It's, you know, it's been a challenging two years more. Some places have been hit harder than others, like Australia only just came out of lockdown. So we shouldn't take for granted. I mean, I don't know if you saw in the news, but American Airlines canceled thousands of flights. Really? So just after we came back. Yeah. Unbelievable. Thousands of flights have been canceled. And, and we flew on American Airlines. We flew on American Airlines <laughs> there in America and continued on back from American Islands direct. I was meant to go to London, but ended up being a direct flight back to the Holy Land. And thank God our flights weren't canceled. There was no issue. I even heard on the loudspeaker when I was there in the airport how they were canceling flights from other destinations. So thankfully we were, you know, there was a lot of miracles that went on on the trip. We didn't have any issues with the Corona challenge. Thank God. We have to just really say a big thank you Hashem for the whole experience. And we want to follow up. You know, we have Baruch Hashem, our weekly Amuna class, and we want you to keep joining us. We hope Rav Oresh is going to join us in the studio. We'll do one more question while we wait. But I'd just like yeah. to say one more thing. Please. Another thing that I saw was a real big focus on this tour. This is again my feeling. Maybe this, maybe you, maybe you also felt this. I felt that what people were looking more than anything else is literally for that pure, simple, basic emuna. People are going through difficult times. Everyone is dealing with challenges, whether it's health challenges, whether it's financial challenges, and people just want to hear that Hashem is good and is taking care of them. That they know it, but knowing is not enough. 
they need to insert it into their hearts. And that's why the Rav was always speaking about. Listen, yeah. it's good that you know it, but you've got to pray for it. It's not going to change anything. Pray for it and you'll see miracles. And I want to tell you something. There were so many people that did a follow-up that came to us after we were there on the tour two years ago and said to us, Rabbi, we did the advice that you told us and we saw miracles. It was unbelievable hearing those stories. These stories gave us such strength. It was incredible. Amazing. And that, that's something the Rav is giving us tools. I mean, the class he gave in the detox center, Rav Elkrod wasn't there, but Rav Gedalia, Gedalia Fenster was there and the host, the therap- head therapist and the Rav himself. It was an amazing, amazing class. I just want to mention, we're going to push one more time the Toronto tour. The Toronto community has ability to sign up and get exclusive time. I'll take the second part here. Take the second part here, one yeah, second. This is just easier because it's bigger words here. So for people who have trouble reading online, uh, you know, well, either way, we put it on all our sites and you have it there. I've just posted it on our Facebook Live and our WhatsApp groups and it will be on our YouTube community there. We can post. But the point is that Toronto want us to have an exclusive time for two days. Now is the time to sign up. Uh, Avra Alto, who's our main host there, has is available to take your phone calls to arrange these private meetings and family consult with the Rav. And it's an opportunity to really get that direct contact. We hope uh, Rav Dinelka would join us for some of the time. Rav um, Avraham Gisalosan will be joining us as our host on the actual class, in as well as Rav Dinelka to translate with Rav Sholem Morish. And we also have Rav Rav Cohen also be translating the meetings as well. That by be, the way, he, we should yeah. give him congratulations. He yes. had a baby girl. Wow. As we were on the tour, wow. Mazel Rav, Rav, yeah, I remember. Rav Rav Cohen had a baby girl, so... His father turned up, was very... And his father was there. was reaping nachas. I think he's here even. Yeah, his father's here. He was okay. here in Shabbos. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so we have the opportunity to share simchas. We hope for future classes to bring wonderful people like Judah Michelle. We need to reschedule him. And we have a friend of mine, Levi Cohen, give him an opportunity. We have Mendy Weinreber brothers. There's lots of potential classes we can do here. Bring back Nissan Black. Please, God, before he goes on his tour, maybe squeeze him in. We'll see. We have a lot of amazing friends of our of our classes and it's up to you guys to keep sharing Amuna Global, Amunalive.com out there. Now we're going to do one more question and it connects into this flyer because you can see Rav Orish is lighting the menorah in I think this is an Uman. I don't know if we'll be there this year but last year he was there and it's a beautiful picture. The focus will be in the Toronto class is preparing us for Hanukkah. Yeah it's going to be Hanukkah message, they, they called it, the Shalom Arash's Hanukkah message. So someone asks here, if everything is decided and sealed by the end of Hanukkah, how does someone change decrees through prayer of Todah after Hanukkah? And that's the idea of Zos Hanukkah. Okay, very beautiful question. First, let, let's, let's explain something about judgment and things that are considered to be permanent and set. As we know, there is the natural course the world follows. We do have judgment, we have judgment days. A Jew is judged for what he does and for what he didn't do. But we do have the power to change everything through prayer. Now, where do we learn this from? The Gemara in Tractate Brochus on page 10, first side, brings us a beautiful story. The Gemara there tells us that King Chizkiyahu was very, very sick. He was about to die. And the prophet, Yeshayahu, Isaiah, came to meet him and Isaiah told him listen I'm really sorry to tell you but I'm a prophet I can see what's going to happen and you're about to die so make preparations and do you know what King Chizkiyahu's answer to him was he said to him get out of my house I have a whole tradition 
from my great-grandfather, King David, that even if a person has the sword on his neck, he should not despair for mercy. Why? Because Hashem can change everything whenever Hashem wants. So that means even though there is judgment, nevertheless, we can always change it through prayer. So Zot Hanukkah is the end of judgment days, but you can still pray. You can still change. And that's why we constantly speak about prayer and Ispoitidus and being connected to the tzaddikim and to the righteous people and doing a lot of tzedakah and a lot of mitzvahs. Because even if something has been decreed, Hashem, who decreed these things, can change them whenever He wants, just like that. Wow, beautiful. A nice little side point that Jay Lando wrote under our Breslev store.co.ir. We have there, I just checked out the Hanukkah stuff, the Hanukkah. What beautiful Hanukkah. My shopping is well on the way. So more people buying menorahs and, and thank God, dreidelach and all the different beautiful things for Hanukkah. Remember, we post this on all our platforms. You can check out the link there for our store, breslev.com. It has a store for all the different things, the Jew, Jewish paraphernalia that's needed for our larger worldwide community. We can ship it there, no problem. Uh, let's see if there's anything else we can cover before the Rav walks in. Um, this is interesting. I was advised by Rav Orish to dub for a certain individual for Hashem to have mercy on them. The more I dub of this individual, the more dreams I have of this individual dying in my dreams. Can you ask Rabbi Orish, what does he advise me to do next? And as we say that, I think the Rav is here. Oh, Hashem. Welcome, Rav. Oh, Hashem. I had my guitar, we'd sing now. Which is a good thing about us because we're yearning. Now, this is a very good question now to ask the Yes, please. ומאז שהרב אמר לו את זה, הוא כל הזמן רואה את האדם הזה בחלומות שלו, והוא כל הזמן רואה שהאדם הזה, לא עלינו, נפטר מן העולם. הוא שואל את הרב, מה הוא צריך עכשיו לעשות? הרב אמר לו להתפלל. מה הוא צריך לשנות? <laughs> להמשיך להתפלל, להתעלם מהחלום. כן, חלום, זה גם חלום טוב. חלום טוב, שפירושו כל פעם הוא שמת לו יצרה. That is also a good dream. That means that he's always dreaming that this person who is praying for, his dark side is dying. And that's what it means when he's dying in the dream. When you dream that someone <laughs> dies, we interpret it that his dark side is dying, not the person himself. I had a dream when my daughter was really, really, really young. Well, I was dreaming that my young daughter, I dreamt that she died in the dream. And I interpreted it that it meant that her dark side died. And thank Hashem, she's been living for 40 years. So. <laughs> Till 120 years she's going to live. Thank you, Hashem. Dreams manifest in the way you interpret them. 
That's why you've always got to tell your dreams to someone who loves you. And that he knows how to interpret every single dream in a good way and a good positive manner. Hashem has always merited me to interpret dreams only in a positive and good way and only good things have happened. <laughs> Okay. The Rav wants to know if we told you that we had such a wonderful tour in Miami, New York, and we were in quarantine just last week. So the answer is yes, we did speak about it. Before the Rav, we talked about it, and we said to everyone, we said to the Rav, we came from I was sitting next to the Rav, the Rav is now referring to me, and I translated the Rabbi for all the people who came to have private meetings and receptions with the Rav. Now, I said to the Rabbi, I said, it's such a pity that we did not record the people who came to speak with the Rabbi here. Why? There were such incredible words of emunah of faith. People who actually live the books and literally live them. Truly the way people were telling us how the books changed their lives, how the books enlightened their lives. We truly thank Hashem for this whole Imuna tour that we merited to do. We love you, we miss you, and we miss you. The Rav says his, he wants to say some Divya Torah or there are questions to ask. Uh, we only have one question left actually. And uh, I, think the, I think we've pretty much dealt with everything. Shalakatan, yeah. uh, if peace is the key, why all the arguments in Gemara sometimes are with such strong language against each other? the 
The Holy Gemara itself says that there is a great, great commandment to learn the words of the Torah intensely and in depth and to understand them perfectly. So what the Gemara says is that the sages were learning the Gemara and they were having arguments amongst themselves because mm, they wanted to understand the words of the Gemara, not because they were angry with each other. And the Gemara also says that when they were finished arguments, they loved each other because their whole goal was only to find out what is the true meaning of Hashem's words. On the contrary, peace doesn't mean that a person is supposed to forego his own understanding, his own knowledge, his own intellect. No. That is not peace. Why? Because then a person in his heart, there will be sorrow. That he's living not according to his own truth. Not according to his own truth. So that's why peace is when everyone actually says his opinion. And then together one reaches a mutual understanding. And then there's peace. That, that is peace. That is also how as I explain the issue of domestic peace, tranquility and serenity. Every couple are really two opposites. To connect and to unite two opposites is not an easy thing. It's something above nature. That's why only, barely, only a couple that pray for their domestic peace and tranquility, only they will really have domestic peace, tranquility and serenity. Because to achieve that, one has to have a lot of prayers. I always tell about myself. Hashem graced me to write three books on Shalom Bayes. And nevertheless, every day I davened for at least 20 minutes a day for myself to have domestic peace, tranquility and serenity. So people look at me and say, what, you have got to daven for Shalom Bais? I know excellently what Shalom Bais is. But to live it? To overcome all the difficulties that we have? For that, you need a lot, a lot of prayers. That's why I davened every single day. Not that I was waiting not to have Shalom Bais, to have problems with my domestic peace and tranquility in order to daven. No. I had no problems. Because I davened every day for 20 minutes not to have problems. And that I won't ruin the situation. That I won't do things that you're forbidden to do. And more so and so much more so, someone who doesn't have domestic peace, tranquility and serenity, how many prayers does he have to daven 
in order to have this in his house. Last week I had a class on Sunday and someone came to me and he told me that he had such difficulties with his wife they were about to get divorced and then someone gave him the book The Garden of Peace and he said it changed his whole life not only does he have now domestic peace, tranquility and serenity but he has now heaven on earth it's heaven, his house is a place of heaven <laughs> smile well, thank Hashem. With the grace of Hashem, if we already started speaking about this whole issue of Sholem Bais, domestic peace, tranquility, and serenity, one of the things that I say to all couples that they have to pray to be good friends. A husband and wife need to be just like the time they were dating. While they were dating, there was such excitement every single time they met. And they felt like such good friends. All their lives, they need to feel like such good friends. Every husband and every wife need to daven every single day for their domestic peace, tranquility, and serenity. It will help you very much if you learn the books. We have a special book only for men, God of Peace. That no woman is allowed to learn. And we have a special book only for women. Women's wisdom. That no men are allowed to learn. Every single person has got to learn what his own duty is to do. One of the realities that causes a lot of problems in marriage li in married life is when each side blames the other for not doing what he is supposed to do. The man blames the woman for not doing her job and the woman blames the man for not doing his job. That's why the books are written in such a way where each one does his own thing and they don't care what the other one is supposed to do. Everyone is busy learning and praying for what his job and for what his duty is to do in the house. Oh. <laughs> Blessed be his name. So, 
הלכות פה מסביר נתן שוודאי שיש עניין גדול שהולכים לקיבל הצדיקים. It is heavenly supervision that I learned in the book Likus Alachot that Rabbi Nathan says that of course there is a great issue and a great importance going to righteous people's holy resting places. And when you go to those righteous people's graves, you pray there. When you pray in such places, a person is blessed with miracles even though he does not deserve such miracles to happen to him. But certainly and certainly, writes Rabbi Nathan in Kutelachot, that if there is a living tzaddik, a living righteous person, and you go to him, that is preferable than going to the resting places and graves of righteous people who have already passed away. Why? even though when you go to righteous people's graves they will influence incredible things for you but when you go to a living righteous person not only does he work miracles for you he also guides you he gives you a path to live and a path to follow which that is something preferable than righteous people who've already passed away who cannot do that for you. But Rabbi Nathan explains that when we're talking about such a living righteous person, who are we referring to? We're talking about someone who is completely not connected to all the different lusts and desires that other people have. And Rabbi Nathan writes, and due to the fact that finding such a living righteous person, person in our days and times is not common at all, that he will have such a great virtue, Therefore, one has to go to the grave sites and resting places of great righteous people who we know that did manage to achieve and attain such levels. So what does that mean? That if there is a living righteous person who does have those virtues, it's preferable to go to him, but just because we don't have it and it's not common, we go to grave sites. That is what we always teach. Mm-hmm. 
גם זה קצת עבודה, וזה צריכים בשביל זה אמונת חכמים, זה לא קשה בקיצור. אין לאדם יצרה לחלוק על צדיקים שכבר נפטרו. That a person's main work, his main aspect of אמונה, of faith, is not necessarily believing in those righteous people that already passed away, because that's easy. He doesn't have the evil desires to dispute with them and to argue with them. So therefore, that is not the main difficulty, work and faith, that a person is supposed to project and show. The main aspect of Emunat Chachamim, of believing in our sages and our righteous people, is believing in those who are alive. Because when a person sees a living righteous person, he says to himself, wait a second, he eats just like I eat, he drinks just like I drink. So why should I cancel everything that I believe in? Why should I accept everything that he says to me? What's the difference between us? Here comes this work. The person has to believe in the sages and the righteous people. And the main thing is to annul himself, to cancel his own personality and being to the righteous person who lives in his generation. Truly, I'd like to read to you a bit of what Rabbi Nathan says. Certainly, please don't think I'm coming to weaken people from going to the grave sites and resting places of righteous people. So this is what Rabbi Nathan explains. About the great virtue of going to the resting places of the great righteous people. Because the righteous, purple, the righteous person, he had the battle in his life and he managed to overcome that battle. And he conquered and defeated all the negative and evil desires. Until he merited, through his work, and through his good actions and deeds, to reveal the kingship, the kingship of Hashem in the world. And the righteous person has an interest for people to come to his grave site and to pray there. Because a righteous person, he could be the greatest righteous person that ever lived. Once he passed away, his soul ascends to such a high place that he can't influence the way he used to to the people living on this earthly realm. Okay. 
So says Rabbi Nathan, the greatest pleasure that this righteous person who passed away has when a person comes to his grave site, even though this person is the lowest person possible, and he prays on his grave, and he asks, he asks the righteous person to help him to do tshuva, to repent. Says Rabbi Nathan, so through this awakening that that person has when he comes to pray on the righteous person's grave, the righteous person descends from the higher realms that he is in and he hears this person's prayers, this person on this realm, and he helps him and assists him. But now the righteous person can reascend. Because the fact that he had to descend to this person who came to his gravesite, that is, in a sense, going down the spiritual levels that he has attained. Because there's a law. You can't ascend, you can't go up before you go down. The purpose of descending is in order to reascend. And this righteous person, him hearing someone praying for his assistance, he has the power to mend and to assist him in everything that he needs. Why? Because this righteous person, even though he's deceased, when he was living in this world, he so he fought so hardly with his evil desired desires and conquered the evil desires that this world has to offer. And he had to go through agony and difficulty and hardship for Am Yisrael. Until that righteous person, he did tshuva, he repented for all of Am Yisrael through the generations. Like we found that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai said, that I can exempt the whole world from judgment. And if Yonatan ben Uziah was with me, I could exempt not the world not only from what happened previously, but also in the future I could exempt them from everything. Until the end of all times, I could exempt them from the harsh judgment. Because 
But a person has got to do something. I'm trying to explain it. This is called itabuta deletata. You've got to wake yourself up from the bottom, from this earthly realm. Which means that if you don't come to the resting place of the holy righteous person and pray and ask him to help you, he won't be able to assist you because you have got to start this from these earthly realms in order for the righteous person from the heavenly realms to be able to assist you. That's why I've always said that when you come to the resting place of a big, big righteous person, instead of asking for a billion, a trillion dollars, what do people ask? You see people asking this great righteous person, give me five dollars. That's ridiculous. When you come to the resting place of such a great righteous person and you ask him to help you for repenting, you ask him and tell him all the difficulties you've gone through your life and ask him to assist you, that is receiving a trillion dollars. Why? Because certainly when he merits to repent, certainly receive all the five dollars that he wanted and much more he wants to find his stomach he'll find his stomach a good livelihood he'll have a good livelihood he wants to be healthy he'll be healthy because everything is dependent on tshuva on repentance when a person merits to do tshuva, to repent, he's, he now merited the greatest thing possible because the righteous person, he has a great spiritual pleasure when people come to him and ask his assistance to repent. Baba Sali, of blessed memory, his son-in-law, Rabbi David Yehudayo for blessing. He was a son-in-law of the Baba Sali. <laughs> he's still his son-in-law. He's just he's now in the heavenly realms. He used to say about his father-in-law, many people used to come to his father-in-law, stands in line, and ask him to help them. But what did they used to ask? They used to ask for a good livelihood, they used to ask for health, they used to ask for finding their soulmate. Okay, the righteous person is very merciful, you ask, and he'll assist you. But, Rav David Yudayev said that the righteous person, he is grieved and sorrowed by these requests. Because people don't come to ask from him to find and seek Hashem. If someone came to him and said to him, Babasali, please, how am I going to repent? How am I going to do tshuva? Help me do tshuva. Help me overcome my dark side. 
Oh, that is a pleasure for the tzaddik. It's the same thing with the righteous person who is in the heavenly realms and has already passed away. And you come to his gravesite. Okay, you ask whatever you ask. Okay. But here Rabbi Nathan explains that when a person comes and explains to this righteous person his spiritual situation and condition, and he tries to awaken the mercy of the righteous person, that he should have mercy on him and see in what grave sorrow he is for his situation. That he is so sorry for his spiritual situation and condition. That is the true and greatest pleasure that the tzaddik, the righteous person has. Because the righteous person wants to reveal the kingship and Hashem's faith all through his life. And this is where Rabbi Natan writes about our three forefathers. Because they revealed Hashem's kingship and regime through the world. That is the work of all the righteous people throughout the generations. That everyone should know Hashem. That everyone should come closer to Hashem. That everyone should listen to Hashem. That everyone should cancel themselves to Hashem. That is the essence, that's the purpose. And when you repent, the result is all things, all good things are going to happen to you. You're only going to have good things. You'll have faith, you'll be happy. So first of all, when a person reaches and obtains faith in Amuna, he's not lacking anything. Certainly the most important thing is for us to see how to instill within people wills and desires for people to do tshuva and to repent. Amen. Amen. Wow, what an Amuna class today. We had the opportunity, the Garden of Blessings is what we're going to call the class. We want to thank you again for joining us in our 49th class. We have a special uh, opportunity to speak directly with Dinagrad about the Munator, and then we have the merit to host Ravoresh. And once again, the Rav gave a big thank you to everybody. We'll see you with the Toronto Amunator coming soon. Remember to sign up, Toronto community, but you can all join us live with the Life Feed. Thanks to them hosting us together with you on our Sunday Amuna class, 8.30, 1.30 Eastern. You join us, amunalive.com. Share this, make this global. Thank again, the Rav, for joining us. Rav Dain Elgar and Rav Shalom Morish. Shalita should be healthy and well for many, many, many years to come. We'll make many of these Amuna tours together and all your communities should be able to host us with abundance and blessings. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Great.